long shadows stretch across the wastelands of what used to be California. The highways that lead west, once well-manicured and full of traffic, now lay broken and bare. Remnants of destroyed vehicles from a bygone era dot the sides of the roads, serving almost as makeshift mile markers. In the distance, a large, ominous city juts out from the coastline up into the sky. This is Night City. Built on the ruins of pre-war San Francisco, Night City is one of the last bastions of civilized humanity. A place where tech, culture, and radical self-expression clash. Where those that reject societal norms can make their will a reality, so long as they're willing to risk it all in the process. It's a dangerous, hostile, beautiful disaster of a place, and the struggles of the citizens of Night City have filled volumes of fascinating literature and video diaries. But this is not their story. This story is about a car, speeding through the dust and smoke away from the glittering facade of Night City and off into the morning sunrise over the California desert. The car itself is a modified Type 7 Mitsubishi Sugo luxury personnel transport, bright red and reminiscent of old pre-war Cadillacs. As a luxury vehicle, it possesses no weapons or defensive countermeasures besides the reinforced tinted glass that make up the windshields and windows, instead focusing solely on the comfort of the occupants. Its gyroscopic hydraulic systems absorb most of the bumps and cracks in the degraded road as it speeds along, giving any outside viewer the impression that the occupants are gliding effortlessly along this unforgiving terrain. Accompanying this car are two more land-based vehicles. In front, a massive Arasaka Eye security rover. Covered in thick armored plating, the grille of this behemoth has been enhanced with a series of wedges resembling snowplows. The first has already been lowered, allowing the security rover to clear the way of small debris, old car parts, and the rubble that litters the highway leading away from Night City. The second hangs ominously over the windshield of the armored vehicle, giving the appearance of an angled baseball cap made of four inches of thick, reinforced steel. Trailing behind the red luxury transport is yet another armored vehicle. This one is older, a 2028 IEC cargo transporter. Lacking the fancy stabilization systems of the Type 7 Mitsubishi Sugo or the gigantic reinforced wheels of the security rover, it trails the other two vehicles by about 15 meters, or 50 feet. The engine seems to be struggling to keep up with the pace of the rest of this three-motor caravan. Between the armored plating and the particularly heavy cargo, this vehicle is sitting a lot lower than the suspension usually allows, and the bottom occasionally scrapes against the road on particularly large potholes. Whatever this caravan is defending itself from is clearly not limited to just ground-based threats. Flying over 250 meters in the air and holding tight formation with this caravan are two heavily modified gyrocopters. Unlike the vehicles on the ground, these have much more of an open-air design, allowing the gunner to shift from gun to gun on either side of the copter and foregoing much of the armor protection for better threat visibility and identification. The gyrocopters flit about above the caravan, scouting for threats and quickly pointing their massive chain guns towards anything that moves or looks at them funny. On the ground, the caravan begins to slow as it passes a weathered, bullet-ridden sign. Welcome to Los Angeles. Cutting its speed almost in half, the caravan begins moving through the outer suburbs of what once was LA, foregoing the piles of cars and remnants of victims of highway ambushes for the relatively safer back roads and side streets. 
from the burned-out buildings, occasional scavengers peek out, staring in amazement at this fearless vehicular trio as they barrel through the long-forgotten roads. As the caravan moves further along the outer edge of the old city, up in the sky the quadcopters tighten up their formation. As they move closer to the ground, they quickly move from side street to side street, scanning from above for any threats. The bright red logo on the side is as obvious as it is threatening. It's a series of aerial assault vehicles blooming out from the center of a word, Aquilas. Its meaning is clear. Whatever this gyrocopter is doing, you had best leave it alone or face the wrath of unimaginable hellfire from above. Scouting far ahead of the caravan, suddenly both gyrocopters tilt backwards and swing around and begin spinning up their guns. There's a pause of just a few seconds as the gyrocopters and the people that they're pointing at on the ground stare intensely at each other. Suddenly, an explosion. The gyrocopter on the left shatters in a fireball, raining pieces of metal directly in the path of the rapidly approaching caravan. The other gyrocopter turns quickly to see where the shot came from, but it's too late. A hole tears through the smoke and dust and obliterates the last of the caravan's air support. The security rover, seemingly unable to decide if it should speed up through the wreckage or slow down, finally slams on the brakes and comes to a halt. On cue, two burned-out buses suddenly lurch forward, forming a barricade. Small arms gunfire breaks out from the windows that just a moment ago seemed empty. The security rover is peppered with gunshots and several of the wheels give way, followed quickly by the large turret, courtesy of a well-placed rocket-propelled grenade. The rover goes dark and begins smoking, as several raiders cautiously poke their heads out and begin creeping towards the transport vehicles. Suddenly, the driver's side door of the Type 7 Mitsubishi Sugo Luxury Personnel Transport Vehicle opens, and out steps a large, well-built man covered in expensive, glowing cyberware. He pulls out a large-caliber machine gun from the car and with several precise bursts, tears through three unlucky raiders in almost an instant. He rushes over to the security rover and after a few moments is able to pry the door open. He peers into the cabin but scarcely has time to process what he sees before he's hit with several rounds of gunfire from behind. He turns and opens fire as several more bullets tear through his legs, testing the durability of his cybernetics. He looks towards the barricade, looks back at the car, and then like a man possessed runs straight towards the gunfire. His cybernetics pop open small vents and steam pours out from his large frame as he fires blindly into the smoke. He looks over his shoulder towards the car, brings a hand to the side of his head, and whispers something into his communicator. We had a deal. Now it's your turn. Get them to the Oasis. His outline disappears into the smoke, and then a moment later, another explosion from up ahead rocks the ground underneath the last two remaining vehicles. The force from the blast clears out the haze to reveal, only for a moment, that the barricade has been destroyed. There's an opening past all the debris, right through a chunky black and red scorch mark where the large man once stood. Hi, I'm Artemis Ronan and this is Cyberpunk Tales from the Oasis. We are an actual play podcast cut together like a radio play and set in a brand new cyberpunk setting, The Oasis. You have just heard the prologue, and this is episode one. After escaping from the ruins of LA, this smooth-riding vehicle fell onto even more tough times. 
The car took some gunfire, and one more occupant, an important corporate executive by the name of Lilith, died in the resulting conflict. After a quick repair job, the vehicle was able to continue limping on, but with the things they've encountered so far, the remaining occupants were understandably a little on edge. Driving the car is, well, actually, <laughs> this is the perfect time to introduce yourself, so Jamie, you want to go ahead? Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm going to be playing Reed, almost six feet blonde badass nomad, and I wish this was my first time with a corpse as a ride along. Take off and you get hired by someone who'd rather fucking flatline themselves and fail to deliver. But the last thing God had said to me was, get them to the Oasis. Don't know how far to go, but no matter the cost, we Aquilas always deliver. Excellent. Well, sitting shotgun to read is Andrea's character. Andrea? I'm Andrea. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm playing Sidoy, mad genius inventor and daughter of Nova Soviet oligarch. Some very powerful, very stupid people want my head on silver plate, but luckily I can always find rich asshole in need of my skills. And this one is paying just what I need to cover my tracks and get the fuck out of Night City. My expertise is not cheap, so whatever it is they need my help for, it must be really fucking important. Now these filthy raider shit pieces are trying to stop us from going to the Oasis, but as long as I'm here, this car will keep rolling. Sitting in the back of this luxury transport vehicle on the far right is Jen's character. Jen, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jen, and uh, I'll be playing Mavis. I'm a med tech. That means I get my hands dirty when folks start bleeding to death. Normally bullet holes or stripping corpos for parts, but work's been real sparse lately, so I picked up this little escort gig. Usually these are kind of a snooze fest, but someone sure wants these folks dead, and, well, it's my job to keep them not dead. Now, I got this big old bag of medical stuff here and this big old bag of gun. I'm not one of those namby-pamby, do-no-harm kind of docs, neither. Today, the Hippocratic Oath only extends to the confines of this vehicle. Well, that's good, because sitting right next to Mavis is Brandon, a non-player character that I voice. He's young, maybe 14 or 15, his face speckled with the blood of his mother Lilith, and he's staring out the window. He shakes almost imperceptibly as his eyes dart back and forth like a wounded animal. He was only supposed to be going to visit his dad for a little while, but this situation has spiraled out of control fast, and he doesn't know how much longer he can keep it all together. Finally, following the damaged luxury vehicle on his new-to-him motorbike is Martin's character. Martin? Hi, I'm Martin, and I'll be playing ISO, the hotshot live-streaming media. <laughs> but you already knew that. I'm out here in the middle of nowhere dodging these fucking bullets left and right to bring you, my lovely subscribers, the truth about the mythical oasis. Just hijacked this Hello Poggers bike, low riding towards either a sunscorched paradise or an overhyped nomad circle jerk. By the way, check out the sick kill cams I recorded, hashtag momsplosion, and more coming in flat screen and 360 simulcast 42k HDR. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button to check out the latest from wherever the fuck I end up. But don't unfollow. If there isn't a story, I'll fucking make one. So you're still several more hours outside of the Oasis. And as you end up leaving uh, the outskirts of the outskirts of L.A. and begin uh, heading into what you have gotten more used to seeing, the expanse of wasteland and post-apocalyptic things scattered here and there, you have a brief quiet moment, a couple of hours of 
waiting until uh, you get to the oasis. It's it's relatively smooth sailing. Reed is doing a much much better job at making sure that the entire rest of the the caravan is going to be safe and is constantly communicating with the, his eyes in the sky. Uh, Brandon, Jen, you notice this being the empath that you are and happening to sit next to him. Brandon, who has been being very stoic during this entire time, um, his his lip begins to kind of quiver as he's staring out the window. Buddy, you doing okay? He looks back at you and you can see almost just like a single solitary tear begin to drip down his face and he goes, I, I, yeah. Oh, that, that's yeah. a no, huh? That's okay. I'm not doing good either. I'll be honest with you. Nothing like blood everywhere and bodies to really, whew, it, it puts a good start on a road trip, don't you think? His eyes widen a little bit and he nods furiously and then wipes his nose. Yeah, no, it's, you're right. This is the sort of thing that happens out here, right? In the, in the wastelands? Mother, mother always told me never to go out into the wastelands. It does, buddy, it does. Looks like she was right. But, you know what? There's something that separates uh, people like us from the people like those uh, bodies back on the road back there uh, who came at us. Um, we let this stuff hit us, you know? You can't just brush this stuff off. You brush this stuff off left and right, left and right. You're going to end up like a nomad on the street. No offense, Reed. What the fuck are you talking about? Nothing. Never mind. You keep your eye on the road or the sky or whatever you keep your eye on. I, I don't know. My, my point is, Brandon, it's okay to let this stuff hit you, you know? You, you got to feel. If you stop feeling, then they win. He, uh, he takes this to heart and... So, and wipes the tears out of his eyes and the, the stoic look rolls over his face again. And even for like a 13 year old, he seems to he seems to be working on his stoic look. So it's not quite there, but uh, he's definitely trying. Uh, he turns to look back out the window. Again. Oh, he's a little badass. He's a little badass. I mean, he, he helped us a, a whole bunch back, back there with his hacking jigs. I don't understand that very much, but uh, he didn't help shit. Sadoi, don't, don't you be giving him that. You, you saw the car started running again? I ain't giving him anything, I'm giving you. You can't sit here and be lying about stuff that happened. I, I fixed the car, he didn't help. Don't give him credit. Well, I think you did a wonderful job, Brandon. Keith was on the radios. It's always helpful. Exactly. Thank you, Reed. So, Reed, at this point, uh, your eyes in the sky inform you that there are there is a vehicle pulled over to the side of the road little ways further than you, and uh, what looks like two people who uh, are just kind of standing outside of the vehicle. The, the car doesn't seem to be moving. Reed isn't going to stop. Yeah. Reed is driving. Reed's plugged in. Goes, um, oi, you two, be aware there's someone coming in early on the left side. Might want to get a gun out the window. <sighs> Fuck's sake, that's enough firefights for today. Now I'm now I'm Scottish, that's why. Uh, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got another gunfight. Oh Christ, that's, that's going to be a right pain in the arse, that is. That's going to be dreadful. <laughs> oh, you do, you do, you do. Anyway. Uh, so you get closer to this uh, at your, you know, not necessarily speeding along, but going on, going along at maybe. Yeah, we're going at a good pace. Yeah, decent pace, like a 20, 20, 30 miles an hour, which is what? Yeah. 40 kilometers an hour to you Europeans. A pace. Something like that. It's 
not too, not too fast, but not too slow. And as you pass it, the two people leaning on the side of the car get up and one of them pulls out a big flag and starts waving it. And it, it's not really a flag. It's more of just a big white sheet. And the other one's waving her arms and trying to get y'all's attention and, and pointing to the side of the road to try and get you to pull over. It seems to me like those people need help, friends. Brandon, who's been looking out the window, turns to Reed and says, are, are we going to help them or do they just want to hurt us? We're not stopping, are we? There's more of us than there are of them. Plus, we've got the eyes in the sky. And I sort of check in with the people in the air, just to double check before starting to slow down. Like, is there anybody else around us all? You hear back, uh, sir, we, we don't have any sort of, uh, we don't have any visuals on anything else. It just appears to be a stranded vehicle. Uh, please advise, are you planning on pulling over? Well, at least check it out. Might be able to make a bit more scratch than this. Plus, they they might need help, you know? All right, you pull over to the side of the road and there are two people standing there, sure enough, just like your eyes in the sky told you. One is a kind of wiry looking man that has just tons of cyberware in the side of his head and over his arms that is showered in little blinking lights that seem to be blinking rather, maybe not necessarily aggressively, but maybe in sort of some, some sort of distress. And the woman is uh, a bit heavier, but stands much taller than him and has just these rippling muscles going up and down her body. Uh, she's the one who was waving the flag. And what looks like a relatively kind face, though, you know, in the wastelands, it can be kind of difficult to tell the difference between a kind face and a duplicitous one. Who gets out of the car first? Um, I'm still like trailing the car in, on the stolen motorbike. Yeah, oh yeah, shit. <laughs> Which I'm driving really poorly, so that's why I'm trailing <laughs> behind. <laughs> I finally noticed them as well. Uh, yeah, I think Reed like winds down the passenger window and just goes, "What's the problem, mate?" The man steps forward. He goes, "Well, it looks like we uh we're having some problems with our with our electric vehicle. I we, we think the battery may be out. Do y'all happen to have a room for you? You're he looks to the left and looks to the right and then kind of leans in a little closer. You're headed to the oasis, right? My babe, what'd you ask? He turns to he says, "See." I told you, they're headed to the Oasis. Well, we, we happen to need a ride to get in there. And as you can see, our vehicle's just not really up to scratch. I don't think we can make it the several hours. I lean lean in here and go, can you pay? They look at each other kind of sheepishly. And uh, the larger one says, well, I've got a, let's see, uh, maybe a hundred eddies. Would that, would that be enough? This car is very tight. I don't know. Say no, say no, don't, don't, don't you, don't you go, go, go turning away, friends, when we can, uh, we can get some new faces around here. Besides, this thing's barely looping along. How do you know they are friends? Well, you know, stranger's just a friend you haven't met yet. But this thing's barely limping along, right? You got it back together, but, you know, mm, that thing there might have a dead battery, but I bet there's some good components left in there if we wanted to uh, maybe combine a little bit. You know, go full-on Mad Max up in this bitch. What is Mad Max? Is this one of them flat vids? I don't know. It's it's something Beatrice used to say. I, I, I don't know. Shit, that's some, like, old world shit, right? Yeah, she was a fan of classic films, I think. You know, them them really old things might have been in black and white, I don't know. The longer we stand here on the on the road, the longer the more in danger we are. Exactly. So let's not uh, So let's, let's get the the fuck out. Exactly, and I get out of the car. <laughs> 
<laughs> and at this point, Iso finally catches up to to the actual car. Iso, my man! Uh, man, I caught I caught some amazing B-roll on the way here. Wow! Uh, you look so goddamn good on that bike. Might teach you how to ride eventually. Yeah. So what's up? As everyone gets out of the car and Iso pulls up the motorcycle next to the car, the the man and the woman that are standing here next to this vehicle, uh, they sort of step back and give you a bit of room. They look relieved. Can I get everyone to roll a human perception roll? Oh, human perception. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. This is the role that people do whenever they are trying to determine and kind of suss out what somebody's about, what their whole, like, you know, general deal is. Well... I have critical failure, so... I rolled a two. Wow. <laughs> so, Mavis, uh, I'm gonna say... <sighs> Reed and Iso, the two people that you just met, you just pulled over to, in order to help, they seem relatively relieved that you are there. Mavis, as you step out of the car and, uh, you know, kind of gesture for everyone else, you sort of glance back at these two new people that you just met, and you manage to catch one of them who is not quite putting on, like, their social mask properly, and between the the look of exceeding, like, happiness and uh, relief and thankfulness that they have for you pulling over, you see one of them begin to eye the front of your car very hungrily before before snapping back into okay. the, the, the persona of, oh, I'm so happy that you're here to stop and help us. You see one of them kind of look Look at your car with a deep hunger. I uh, immediately turn around and just sort of put a hand out in front of Brandon and just go, just say, Brandon, honey, why don't you just stay in the back for now? Turn around and go, hey, do I? Duh. I just sort of lean in the window again. It's like, just uh, be a little ready, right? They they don't seem quite so... Uh, I, I wave my handgun <laughs> yeah. already. They don't, they don't seem quite so, uh, quite so friendly as they, uh, they seem at first glance. I will load my weapons. I try to be trusting, but I ain't an idiot. I disagree, but okay. So, Doi, this entire situation is giving you the creeps. You have, like, chills running up the back of your neck, and in internal alarms, maybe actual literal physical alarms are going off inside your head. I fucking promise you, these are bandits disguising. There's an ambush. The man says, oh, no, we're definitely Get not. The fuck back from the car, okay? I don't trust you. You point the gun at him and he raises his hand and says, Whoa, friend, whoa! Hey, if it's just car trouble, yeah, there's a bunch of, like, not used motorcycles that way, just, like, half a day away. <laughs> just, just use those. They look at each other and one of them says, But that's just a really long walk. I don't suppose you'd be willing to, uh, give us a ride there? You are not setting foot in this vehicle. You don't want me giving you a ride. I'm not that great with this. <laughs> The large woman turns towards Mavis and says, Well, you seem like the really reasonable one. Uh, do, you, do you think that there's room for two lost travelers to travel with you to the Oasis? The bastion of freedom and hope in this discarded wasteland? Well, friends, uh, if it was up to me, I would, uh, I would make some room, you know, shuffle up. I could be nice and squeezed up in the corner there. But uh, you see that um, big scary lady in the front of that vehicle there? My eyes are glowing red at this point. You see, the thing about her is, she fucking terrifies me, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm, I'm just the medic, you know? So if you're hurt, I can take a look, you know? But in terms of decisions on who's going forward and who isn't, the big scary lady with the big gun, she kind of makes the decisions around here. So we can leave you with some... Uh, 
I mean, we could take a look at your vehicle, maybe try to get you going, but it sounds like she's not going to let you in there. And um, like I said, I- I've got a bigger gun than her, but her gun is a lot more useful than mine. <laughs> <laughs> they look at each other and, and uh, shrug. And the guy says, well, yeah, I, I, we would really appreciate it. Maybe there's something we might have overlooked. If you could just uh, take a look at the vehicle right here, I'll, I'll just... His eyes are trained directly on Sadoi. He gestures invitingly at the hood as he pulls it up. Reed, get your gun ready. I don't want to be shot in back. Okay? He just sort of passes his sidearm. Don't worry. Yeah, I also puts his hand on the revolver. Okay, I will have a look, but only so that you can go the fuck away. I also turns the camera on preemptively. While uh, Sadoi is doing that, I'm going to step forward to the guy covered in blinking lights and be like, Look, I normally specialize in bio injuries, but those uh, those lights right there, they don't look mighty fine. They, they kind of look like something might be going on. You want me to take a quick look, you know, maybe over there away from the from the scary lady. He says, oh, I, I appreciate it, but uh, I, I just need to, uh, a tune-up at, at my local dock. Uh, he's waiting for me in the Oasis, you see? And that's really why we need to get there, uh, to get a tune-up on my cyberware. Your local dock is from the Oasis? You make that commute every time you need a tune-up on your cyberware? Dang, son. Uh, <laughs> he chuckles nervously and says, uh, no, uh, he just moved there. Um, he used to run with, um... Right, right. My nomad clan? Hmm. He sort of looks over. What's the name of that nomad clan? He, uh, he pauses for a second, a little bit too long, and says, the, um, Red Tigers? You don't recognize this as a clan name. Nope. Okay, look, I'ma be straight with you. You two aren't telling me something, and, um, I'm going to need you to tell us what's actually going on. Otherwise, we're going to leave you here to die, okay? They look at each other, and immediately the friendly facade is dropped. Yep, that sounds about right. Andrea, I'm going to have you run a... What's a, like a reflex? For, what, what is Cyberpunk's equivalent of a reflex save? Uh, probably a reflex save. Evasion. Oh, they actually have those? Well, it's there's a reflex stat, so maybe. <laughs> uh... Ref is reflex, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it is. You're right. You're totally right. I was trying... One thing I wanted to do while I was under the hood, which I uh, didn't really find a moment to say, mm-hmm. is while I'm looking under the hood, I have my third eye looking around behind me, so <laughs> I don't get... Sick. That'll give you a bonus on your evasion roll that you're just about to do. So uh, you go over and... Uh, while this whole other conversation is happening, you go over and take a look underneath the hood, and this vehicle clearly has not moved in a while like a long while, probably months. There are lots of parts that are rusted out and just generally destroyed or degraded because of the uh, general harsh conditions. Cool. So I'm going to fucking kill these people. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the point at which uh, Jen <laughs> has her <laughs> has her little moment. So uh, I want to get you to roll a reflex. Oh, no, evasion. Sorry. Let's, let's do evasion. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, uh, so you're kind of half listening to this conversation and you hear Mavis's voice take a harsher edge to it and your reflexes kick in. You pull out your pistol and point it directly at the larger woman who uh, is standing by the roof of the vehicle. And as you do that, she whips out her pistol and points it directly at your head. You two are in a standoff now. Uh, and are staring at each other, pointing guns at each other. At this moment, the guy who has all the cyberware raises his hands and says, whoa, 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 now we can all just calm down and be friends about this. We're just looking for a ride to the Oasis. Sorry for tricking you about the vehicle and everything, but uh, 
We really just need to get to the Oasis. It's important. Well, you want to take a moment and explain yourself, Stan? Like, for real, not none of this bullshit. I, like I said, I'm friendly, but I ain't stupid. He sort of narrows his eyes and looks over at the woman who shrugs, and he says, I, I just told you, we, we need to get to the Oasis. It's important. Why is it important? What's important, mate? Well, we gotta get there. That's That part's a little personal. We're the ones with a fucking car. You better give me a good fucking reason. <laughs> and I cock the revolver or the hammer. Ooh, action scene. Uh, the, the woman looking at you uh, spits on the ground. She says, I'd love to see you try. I'll take your head off before you can even fucking blink. And cocks, the, cocks her gun as well. Uh, so we're going to call this a face down. Oh, so Reputation yeah. in Cyberpunk Red has a big effect. This is basically a duel of wills to see who's tougher, meaner, and who looks more ready to prove that they are a tough badass. Mm-hmm. So when making a face down, both participants roll their cool plus their reputation plus a 1d10. I don't have any rep- reputation yet, so uh, that makes uh, cool plus 1d10. I sure hope you're cool. I am actually pretty fucking cool. I have seven cool, so that could be worse. Yeah. Oh! All right. <laughs> you glare at this woman in the eyes, and uh, you see her hand begin to waver. I'm willing to die. Are you? She stares you right in the eyes for a second, then spits on the ground again. <laughs> Says, Maceo, don't worry about it. I'm sure there'll be someone else coming by. Let's let these chumbas get on their fucking way. Get out of here before I change my mind. <laughs> all right. Fucking boosters. That's probably the right decision. You all take this opportunity to quickly get back in the vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> y- y'all two uh, don't seem to have a medic with you, and we do. So if you two shoot each other, I, I can fix her right up, and you'll be one down. Get the know, fucking car. That's all. I mean, basically what I'm saying is, and I, at this point, I've been ushered, ushered <laughs> into the car. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, Reed has been keeping the, the engine running this whole time. I'm embodying this three cool. Yeah, maybe it's trying to like be nice and explain, and Reed is just like, fuck's sake. Do we have a sunroof in the car? No. We don't have a back window anymore. No, we do not. That's true. Oh. I so how are you feeling about all of this? I assume you've been recording it for posterity. Uh, well, I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some choice footage. Just shame there's no actual action scene. <laughs> but uh, I was uh, I was trying to get the the motorcycle running again. It was ready to follow, but like not directly behind the back window. Uh, <laughs> Mave, give me your sniper rifle. Well, Betsy here is very dear to me. Well, actually, you know what? Yours, yours used to sniper you. <laughs> hang out in back window and you look back and you make sure they do not follow and if they follow you pop okay okay if you say so i've set up in the back watching uh watching through the back window you do know the last time i fired this in here it went really badly right this has been episode one of cyberpunk tales from the oasis we are a brand new actual play podcast using the Cyberpunk Red rule set from our Talsorian Games. Our episodes are available weekly on YouTube or on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, please check out our website at TalesFromTheOasis.com to learn more about us, find exclusive content, and learn how to support and get involved in the podcast. See you next time, and remember, the corporations are never on your side, and if you think that they are, you're just a tool.